Hello, Texas fans, and welcome to episode 8 of the Horns Dugout, also known as the Horns Illustrated Podcast. Uh, we're already at episode 8, a lot of moving parts going on in the world of college sports right now, especially this week uh, and today as we record on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Riley Zayas, one of the writers for HornsIllustrated.com and a co-host on the podcast today alongside uh, Luke White, a contributor here for Horns as well. Glad to be here. Can't, talk, uh, can't wait to talk some ET sports. Yes, it's really uh, been a crazy week, you might say. For sure. And, and everything that the Big 12 has been releasing. Um, football schedule being revised. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things we can cover, a lot of things we're going to get to here on this podcast, episode eight this week. And coming in to give us a little bit more insight mm-hmm. on everything going on is Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, folks, if, if you're a UT fan, you need to go follow this guy on Twitter. You need to keep up with him. He has been breaking a lot of stories, a lot of news lately. Uh, from the Big 12, from the SEC, when it comes to college sports, schedules, uh, COVID, Texas starting practice, you name it, he's covering it. Absolutely. Uh, Beat writer for the football team as well as the men's basketball team. So we're really looking forward to having him on. For sure. He can provide a ton of insight uh, kind of to what's going on in the college football world right now and uh, insight into the Longhorn uh, football program. Exactly, exactly. One of the things that I think we're going to cover with him, not only is the Big 12's latest statement uh, regarding the, them proceeding on with the football season, mm-hmm. uh, fall sports in general, but also Texas starting fall practice. Absolutely. That happened this past uh, weekend, I think. And it's nice to see, um, I don't know, maybe a bit of a show of normalcy, <laughs> kind of more of what we're used to. And uh, yeah, definitely some major shakeups in the college football world. So it's going to be fun to talk about those. Yeah, Tom Herman uh, was was telling the media this past week, uh, last week rather, that it just was kind of a catch-up game mm-hmm. because they missed spring practice. And so you're trying to get all these newcomers up to speed while getting the starters uh, ready for, for the game-like atmosphere that they're going to be facing mm-hmm. in less than a month is what we're being told. Today is August the 12th, mm-hmm. according to reports. Uh, from Brian Davis, in fact, yeah. uh, being one of them, Texas will be hosting UTEP. September 14th? September 12th. Right? September 12th. Yeah. 12th, that's uh, it. To open the season uh, here in Austin for their one non-conference game of the 2020 season. So, you know, that's that's another thing that we're going to get to uh, when we talk with Brian and just on this podcast in general. Um, in, in previous podcasts that we recorded, we've recorded uh, six of them now, seven of them. Seven now. of them, I believe. This seven is eight, of them, yeah. Um, and so you can find all those at Spotify, Anchor, several other outlets. Uh, those are all on hornsillustrated.com. So, so make sure to go there and, and take a look at some of our other podcasts that we've done mm-hmm. as we covered UT Sports, talked with several UT alumni, uh, current coaches. And, and much, much more. But anyway, I want to start off by thanking our sponsors who help Horns Illustrated give you the coverage on the Longhorns you want, such as ESPN Plus, Fanatics, Gotsman Real Estate, Hyde Park Schools, Turning Panthers into Longhorns, and uh, visit hornsillustrated.com backslash sponsors for more, as well as follow Horns Illustrated on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys on what you think about some of these topics we're going to discuss today uh, in regards to the Longhorns, our conversation with Brian. And if you ever have someone that you think we should interview, talk to, um, a topic we should cover regarding the Longhorns, 
don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, send send a direct message to me, uh, my Twitter handle at Zayus Riley or Horns Illustrated. Uh, you can find the both pretty easily on social media. So you know, as we as we head into this this conversation with Luke with Brian Luke, <laughs> what are you looking forward to most? Kind of about football starting in general and this Big 12 decision just has to be exciting for college football fans in general to know that Texas is playing at a conference that is committed mm-hmm. to, to moving forward with this season. Absolutely and I gotta admit I was pretty worried hearing when the Pac-12 and Big 10 canceled their seasons and because there are a lot of people saying oh you know the Big 12 SEC ACC they'll be next but it is nice to see that like you said the conference is committed to playing football this fall and uh, going through with it. Exactly. And, you know, uh, as we come up on this conversation with Brian here in just a second, um, those are those are some things that we'll discuss. He's obviously very excited as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're just time will only tell. You say that almost every yeah. week. Uh, we just have to see how it will ultimately unfold. It's changing by the day, as we've seen, um, you know, with, with the Pac-12 and Big Ten yesterday, mm-hmm. canceling their football seasons, uh, Big 12 making a huge announcement yesterday night and, and this morning to the media so we'll cover all that and more coming up here next brian davis from the austin american statesman joining us now it's really been a whirlwind of a week uh brian with all the news going on and you know a lot went on today uh in the world uh, of college sports especially the big 12 first question right out of the gate was there anything that really surprised you today or, or even yesterday, something that you didn't really see coming in regards to, to the Big 12's decision and the statement to move forwards with the football season? Well, I mean, first off, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was surprised. I was surprised that they actually did it, that they actually went, that they actually went through with it and – you know, said we're gonna we're gonna try to have the season. I mean, you know, the amount of pressure that's on these university presidents and athletic directors is incredible. And, and don't don't anyone tell you it's not. Um, especially when the Big Ten and the Pac and the Pac twelve, you know, folded for the fall. Um, the simple fact that the Big Twelve hung tough. Uh, and stayed in there when, when the ACC and the SEC clearly wanted to play. Uh, the Big Twelve was sort of the swing candidate, and for them to and for them to, to, to hold in there, I think it's very impressive. And so, you know, I mean, again, all of this comes with the, under the heading of this could be canceled next week. <laughs> exactly. But, but but for now, but for now, the season is on. Yeah, and that's and that's the bottom line. And you know, Brian, we appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. You've been a busy guy today uh, with the Big Twelve virtual media event, talking to Craig Way this morning. And and speaking of Craig Way, uh, I have some of our readers asking me. And again, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But I figured I'd ask you at least. Um, apparently, seconds after you finished your your conversation with Craig this morning, there was breaking news about the revised schedule coming out. People are wondering, did you did you have any insight into the schedule coming out before uh, it was released? I mean, we had been told that the schedule was going to come out at ten thirty. Yeah. And so, um, but as as for what it was going to be, like like you know, games one through ten, you know, we we didn't know the full lineup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but we, but we we just knew it was coming 
Well, in, in this uncertain time, you know, a lot of people have kind of expected that the media may know everything before it happens, but we really are just kind of riding this roller coaster. We're not really sure uh, what is going on exactly. Absolutely. And uh, my next question was kind of with the new revised conference schedule, um, how do you see having uh, three games as opposed to two before the uh, Oklahoma game this year? How do you see that benefiting uh, Texas? Well, I mean, I, I think it, it is, it, I would say it's good, but it's also bad. And to me, it makes the whole thing, it makes the whole thing hard to gauge, sure. quite frankly. You know, Texas is going to play at UK, uh, most likely on September 12th. And then they're going to play at Texas Tech uh, two weeks later on the 26th. Then, it, then it's TCU and then Oklahoma. Um, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. That, that's that's not a lot of time, yeah. and it's but at the and at the same time, that's not a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing is that Oklahoma has the same deal. You know, they've got their non-conference games, and they'll have uh, they should have two games uh, before uh, facing Texas. So everyone's kind of saying. I mean, I personally was hoping that they would have pushed it more towards uh, November. Yeah. I, I really wish that they had made Texas OU sort of that middle season game. Um, but I understand that they want to keep it, you know, second Saturday in October for traditional purposes. I get I get that. Um, you know, we'll see. This is all this is all gonna be new for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it's kind of a new uh, look, you know, with with for the coaches, you know, Co- Tom Herman has never had, for that matter, no coach in the country uh, dealt with a schedule in which you have just one non-conference game to prepare your team for what many call the real season uh, and the games that truly matter here in Big 12 play. Uh, you know, and this kind of provides a perfect segue into my next question. Do you think, looking at at the conference schedule revised? Uh, Texas has a little bit of a tough run with it when which they play Oklahoma and Baylor back to back. But do you think they have a better outlook with the revised schedule or or the previous schedule looked a little bit better for them with the games tougher games being spaced out a little bit more? I mean, I I, I think I think that this new format um, with a few more bye weeks sprinkled in uh, is going to be good. I think it's going to keep players fresher. Um, you know, keep you know, some fresh legs towards the end of the season. But I've, I've never really been a big uh, a big fan or proponent of, you know, when do you play this team or, or when do you catch them? I mean, because you have to play all of them. Yeah, basically. yeah. And so, uh, you know, to me, it would always be unfair if you get stacked up road games or stacked up home games. Uh, but, it's, but, but they really go back and forth, home and away. So, but the bottom line is this year with, with, with the two bye week uh, mixed in there, it, it gives the league a little bit more flexibility on what if a team has to postpone a game because they've got too too many infections. I gotta be honest, I, I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen though. Yeah. Because I think that I I, I truly think that a lot of these players know that uh, they're gonna be responsible for their own for themselves and. I don't think that any player wants to be the one that screws it up, you know, for, for, okay. for everybody. 
Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Tom Herman was even saying on the media availability that they understand that if they want to play a season, they're coming out with this we want to play campaign. They need to, to they understand the responsibilities that go along with it and that this school year needs to look a little bit different in order to minimize the chance of COVID uh, spreading throughout the team and ultimately amongst, you know, to other teams and which could end the deal very quickly uh, with this sure. moving ahead with this season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, my next question was, um, what benefits do you see to uh, Texas playing UTEP rather than USF? Well, I mean, if you ask the USF people, they tell you that it was a huge benefit to Texas. You know, I mean, uh, I, I think that's going to be a Texas win regardless of, of who they played. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that USF, uh, I do think that South Florida, I mean, I, I, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but I think South Florida would, would be a much better challenge yeah. uh, than, than UTEP would be. Um, you know, they, they could keep the game closed for, you know, maybe three, you know, two, two, two and a half, three quarters. Why, why do I think UTEP, you know, is, is going to struggle? Yeah. Um, you know, it makes sense to play, uh, it makes sense to play UTEP from a, uh, from a COVID perspective because, um, you know, you'd be, you'd be asking South Florida to come all the way from Tampa, you know, here, uh, that, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've been, I've traveled myself, and I've turned out okay, but still, you know, that's a big ask. And whereas with UTEP, um, you know, you got people that are here in the state. It's easy to keep tabs on how things are going on the ground in El Paso with, with COVID. And also, too, it's, it's a UT system school. Yeah, you know? that's what I've heard. Um, but, yeah, there, there's no reason to, you know, uh, there's no reason to piss off the region by kicking one of your brothers out of the cold. There's, there's no reason to do that. So you play UTEP, uh, and then you either catch some, and, and I'm ex- I'm expecting them to reschedule South at some point down the road, uh, whether that's you know two, three, five years from now, I don't know. But I I do think that game will be made up, you know, eventually in our lifetime. Exactly, you know, and, and you, you regardless of who they play in that non-conference game, they'll at least get them out on the field. They'll be better than going to a conference-only schedule. And last question for you, real quick, Brian, uh, before you go, what is you know one or two key takeaways from these past two days uh, with the Big Twelve decision moving forward that you just really found uh, groundbreaking that that you would just say kind of define this whole thing? One or two key takeaways? Well, I mean, to me, one of the biggest takeaways is without a doubt is how how our sport has no leadership, <laughs> really, you know, from, from, the, from the overarching level. You know, the, these are leagues that are doing what's best for themselves. All these leagues stand in a room with all their guns pointed at each other. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? No, well, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. There's, no, there's, no, there's no commissioner that could establish ground rules for everybody. You know, there's no there's – no, if, you, if you had a commissioner, okay, and you had a governing body, right, someone that could step in and say, listen, if you want to play, you need to have uh, – you need to establish three tests per week, and these are the protocols, 
At Pac-12, we expect you to get your act together. SEC, we expect you to have your act together and everybody in between, right? Yeah. And then people say, people say, well, should the NCAA be doing that? Well, the problem is that is that these leagues don't want any, that they don't want the NCAA's help, uh-huh. right? They, they just don't. And so uh, they wanted autonomy. Uh, they've got it. And now, uh, in a worldwide pandemic, you know, it exploits how bad leadership is needed and, yeah. and we don't have it. And so so that, that, that's my big takeaway. And I also think that uh, this thing really shows that the Big 12 uh, is more, is more uh, favorable towards taking on risk. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything about this, everything about this is, is, is risk aversion, risk on, risk off. And for the Big 12 to come out and say, we're going to do this, um, yes, there are health risks. There's no doubt about that. You cannot deny that. But at the same time, to be able to play on Saturdays without the Big 10, without the Pac-12, and you've got the TV all to yourself, yeah. with, along, with the, along with the ACC and the SEC, that is a big-time, big-time possibility. Uh, for the Big 12. And I, and I think for them to take it, it's, it's, it's huge. That's that's huge. And you really just summed it up right there. Uh, the fact that the Big 12 is willing to go forwards and has to make a lot of these, these student athletes, such as Kane Stearns, uh, who really supports this We Want to Play campaign, uh, very, very proud and happy to know that they play in a conference that is really dedicated to doing with the players, you know, and again, Big Ten, Pac-12 made the decision that was best for them, but at the same time, it takes away a full season from these players. And, and Brian, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come onto the Horns Dugout today and talk with us about everything going on in the world of, of Texas football um, as they move ahead with this 2020 season. You bet, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. And there he goes. That is Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman coming on to provide us with some insight into the way things are looking, uh, his thoughts on on everything going on right now with the Big 12 moving forward. And I think that's a big positive. You know, Mm -hmm. Luke and I, we were talking off air a few minutes ago and saying, you know, that is a big positive of some of these these guys playing in the in the Big Twelve and for recruits, even to go to a recruiting mm. um, aspect, you have to look at it and think some of these seniors coming out of high school, they're looking at you know maybe between a Stanford or a USC and mm. a school like Texas or an SEC school. Yeah, you gotta look at it and say, well, if they're willing to take risks. This whole thing could still be somewhat intact come this spring, you know, or next fall. And you got to think, well, what's going to benefit me most as a college athlete? Because mm-hmm. while they may get another year of eligibility, if you play in the Pac-12 or Big 10, um, and, and you may not, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's too, too hard of a decision to make, but I'm proud. And, and I think that it's a big positive, especially for Texas to know, like Brian was talking about that they're moving ahead with the season, willing uh-huh. to take risks. Um, for and, their athletes, for their athletes, yeah, I think you know you look at the statistics. It's not like they're just going in blindfolded and mm-hmm. just you know making a decision on a whim. Mm-hmm. They have analyzed this. They have gotten guidance from several doctors. We we're being told in that Tuesday night meeting last night, uh-huh. um, in which they met with the Big Twelve presidents, Big Twelve board directors, 
and, and so they know what they're up against. They know what they need to do. And Texas, a big positive when it comes to Texas individually, zero positive cases currently. Absolutely. Uh, amongst you have soccer, volleyball, men's basketball, women's basketball, football, all on campus right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of shows how well they're kind of handling it and they know kind of what they're doing. And I want to go back to uh, the point you made about the recruits and how I think they're taking notice. And, you know, that could be the difference between like a highly recruited guy going to like, say, Ohio State or Michigan and going to like maybe Tennessee, Alabama, Oklahoma and these uh, in the Big 12, ACC, SEC, because it shows that, oh, this conference is committed to their athletes and they're going to do what it takes to help them play should this virus uh uh, be a thing uh, next year. Exactly. And, you know, when it comes to the state of Texas, uh, the Texas Collegiate League, a league in which several Big 12 baseball players played in, Collegiate mm-hmm. Summer, Wood Bat Baseball League, uh, find a, found a way to play out the 2020 season. This this summer, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, season ended last week. Um, and, and you got to look, talking to their president, Uri Jiva, he knew the risks. But he also, similar to what the Big 12 is doing, knew that if he found a way to play out the season, he would attract top talent from other yeah. uh, summer leagues who would have had some of these players. And as a result, it provided for one of the best TCL seasons yet. You got to think, is this similar going to be what, what happens with the Big 12, in which you you have all of a sudden the Big 10, the Pac-12 are out. Mm-hmm. You, your Oregon, your Washington, USC, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, you name the school, uh-huh. uh, some of these heavyweight programs and then now you're left with the big 12 uh the sec and the acc mm-hmm. who may attract these fans now they're going to attract the players of course but but they'll attract mm-hmm. these fans who start to get interested in big 12 football even uh-huh. if they always follow the pac 12 it's it just football's football in it, their minds i imagine and it's a triple down effect uh, i think when it comes to to everything like that and another thing that we talked with brian Evette, about was the the schedule mm-hmm. and they they totally flipped around the schedule um it goes now with a road game against texas tech to open up conference play then you come home and play tcu back up to dallas play oklahoma and the cotton bowl uh at the red river showdown then you get baylor at home and oklahoma state then away. oklahoma <laughs> state on the road then west virginia back at home so you're going back and forth uh kansas up in lawrence Ohio State here for Thanksgiving, and then uh, Kansas State on the road. Now, Kansas State was the team they were scheduled to open up the season against. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Texas Tech was near the bottom. Yeah. So they, they just totally uh, changed up the schedule there. And, and Luke, as you look at this this new conference schedule, Brian said you got to play all, all, all teams, you know, all of their say, nine opponents. He was mentioning uh, that he doesn't really think the order matters. Yeah, but... do, what do you think? I mean, do you think the order matters in, in a stretch where you got to play for the, the league's best teams all in a row? Part of me think it, it thinks it does. And if I were the guy creating the schedule, I feel like I would kind of want the easier teams at the, uh, at the top, at the beginning of the schedule, just because – these guys haven't played actual football in like nearly a year. And so I feel like you kind of need a refresher or a warm up. And one conference game, which is likely going to be against UTEP, that may not be enough. So I think scheduling like Kansas, Kansas State, and uh, they did schedule Texas Tech at the beginning. But I don't know. I feel like you need kind of some uh, 
a warm-up or a preparation for these really good teams like Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And at the same sense, you know, just thinking about it, say you beat Oklahoma, right? Think mm-hmm. about th- which ver- which very well could happen. I mean, Texas has more senior leadership than OU does. Oklahoma's uh, got a new one. quarterback. Oklahoma's a new quarterback. All this, all this, uh, all these factors coming in because a new quarterback. Yes, you know whoever they put up there, probably Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Uh, he's still a very young player, and mm-hmm. and so an inexperienced player at that. So you think you beat Oklahoma, just let's say. Well, then you play Baylor at home. How does that momentum then give way to a win against Baylor? And you end up finishing the season on a just absolute winning streak because then you finish, and if you get through the tough part of the schedule after the West Virginia game, you got Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Now, don't get me wrong. Every single team in the Big Ten, 12 is a challenge. Absolutely not. Even Kansas in the past few years – uh, Texas has kind of like maybe not struggled, but the games have been closer than you would expect, like within a touchdown or so. Yeah, so that will definitely be something to consider. And you know, real quick, bottom line, as we make our as we make our our final looks at this schedule, Luke, what is your prediction? You might say mm-hmm. of their final record for conference play. For conference play, um. It's it's one thing you know that you got really look at because as we were just talking about, there's so much parity in the league that all these games are going to be decided very closely, and you know there's a lot of outside factors going into it this year mm-hmm. uh, that could that could play into some of these games as well. Um, games like Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, to just name a few. Absolutely, and kind of for my record, I would say maybe six, uh, seven or two or six and three. I think Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State could be really tough games, especially Oklahoma State. They got that trio of Spencer Sanders, Shuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace. And then I think Texas should maybe watch out for like TCU or Baylor. Uh, but I think Texas, I don't think it's uh, crazy to think they could go undefeated. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, and you got that leadership out there. Obviously, lost Colin Johnson, Devin Duvernay, those talented wide receivers. But you got guys like Jake Smith stepping in. Sam Ellinger. Um, Sam Ellinger, you know, several of those those guys. You know, Sam Ellinger, always a great leader on the field. Um, as I think you mentioned off air, Sam Ellinger could be a front runner for the Heisman this year. For sure, especially with uh, Justin Fields and the Big Ten won't be playing this year. Yeah. You have to imagine if Sam Ellinger could have an, a really good year, which I think he always does. He just kind of flies under the radar. He could be up there for uh, to win a Heisman up there with like a Trevor Lawrence, who I have to imagine is a current favorite yes, right now. Yes, uh, a leading favorite, and and Trevor Lawrence has been very active. Uh, we mentioned the We Want to Play movement uh, slash campaign when we were talking with Brian, and you know that that kind of campaign has come up uh, just in the last couple of days as mm-hmm. conference players from mostly the Power Five conferences, uh, many from the Group of Five as well. Uh, Conferences like the Mountain West, American Athletic Conference USA, uh, coming out and saying, you know, we want to play, mm-hmm. and we need, you know, universal medical protocols. Sort of what Brian was talking about towards the end about, you know, there's not a whole lot of structured leadership. It's kind of every conference doing what's best for the conference. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with that is, is you end up with situations like we're facing right now, where the Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't playing, but now you have three other Power Five com, three of the 
other Power Five conferences, you know, mm-hmm. um, with SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve still saying we're moving ahead full speed. And I think it would be kind of weird if the Pac-12, Big Ten, and some of the other group of five conferences that canceled. If they play in the spring, you have to wonder, like, how are they going to have a playoff? How is that going to work out? Are they going to give their own kind of awards? If, it's a tricky situation for sure. And will they, you know, will, if they play a national championship, will it end up being just a Big Ten versus Pac-12 matchup? Yeah. Uh, almost like the Rose Bowl. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, you might just call it the Rose Bowl. Might as well. And figure out what you're going to do there. Um, so a lot of things to consider. One player that's really, for Texas, that's really been vocal about this we while playing movement is uh, safety Caden Stearns mm-hmm. uh, coming out and saying, you know, I've worked too hard to have this season canceled. And for that matter, the team has worked too hard to have this season canceled. Um, keep in mind, they go on to campus earlier than usual mm-hmm. to try to start with these individual workouts because they knew they had missed the entire spring. And really, I think, you know, Brian talked about these guys having responsibility and understanding that they cannot be, um, that they have to stay on a straight line in order for this season to be played out. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we saw with programs like Rutgers, which is a Big Ten school, yeah, um, those kind of mistakes where a lot of the athletes get COVID could be very costly. And we're seeing that in Major League Baseball right now, with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Exactly. Uh, you know, so a lot of things going on there. And, you know, when it comes to that, um, the Big 12 meeting with several of the players, the athletes from fall sports mm-hmm. uh, in general, not just football, um, now applies to volleyball, soccer, to name a few. And and unfortunately for the volleyball and soccer teams, there's been a lot of talk as we talked about which non-conference game is the football team going to choose, or non-conference opponent, rather. But for the volleyball and soccer teams, they won't be having that discussion. Uh, the Big Tip 12, under the radar, kind of went under the radar today in the sense that everyone's kind of focused on the, on the front runner of the football uh-huh. schedule and all that. But the Big 12 also released a statement saying that the volleyball – and soccer um, would not play non-conference matches. So how does this affect Texas? Well, Texas was supposed to play August 30th, mm-hmm. uh, so just a couple of weeks away to open the season here in Austin against Rice. For volleyball? For uh, soccer. Soccer, my bad. Uh, no, you're good. And so you know, that, was, that was one of the main things mm-hmm. uh, that everyone was excited for, especially because they're starting to have been moved back uh, almost a week. Yeah, uh, they're supposed to have a four-team sort of tournament slash classic, which kind of a round robin play, uh-huh. uh, hosting Texas State, UCF, and, and Rice, Rice um, over August twenty-fourth through the twenty-seventh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was canceled, um, and now games against Utah Valley, Abilene Christian, LSU, Texas State, and of course Rice. Uh, will be canceled, so they'll have to jump mm-hmm. right into conference play. Same thing goes for the volleyball team, and you got to think with volleyball, uh, schedule has not been released yet, but you got to think, where's Baylor going to be there? Because uh-huh. they need to prepare for that game against Baylor. Uh, typically, it decides who wins the Big 12 regular season title. Absolutely. In volleyball, Texas is one of the best teams in the country, you could say. Uh, they're up there. And so <laughs> that's going to be interesting how not having that conference, the non-conference schedule, like you said, is going to um, affect them because you mentioned they don't have time to prepare. And also, I don't know if that would really hurt or uh, improve their strength of schedule, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out 
yeah. and how that affects them maybe in the playoffs and what uh, seeding they get. Well, it's got to be be hard because a lot of people sometimes, uh, especially I've heard this with baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer, in which they're playing uh, smaller opponents, you know, smaller schools such as Utah Valley or Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's going to be an automatic win for a team that's one of the best in the country. Yeah, but the value is so high with those games to prepare them for the conference games because mm-hmm. conference just has that way of, of of making it feel like a game that matters more than all the others. Yeah. And it really does. Every single game matters, especially when it comes to volleyball, where if you lose to Baylor once uh, or twice, you know, they, they'll play them twice in the season, uh, your seed could be a number two seed heading to the Big 12 tournament. That could affect you in the NCAA tournament uh-huh. and, and ultimately, uh, you know, down the road. So a lot of things uh, going on there. And you, uh, uh, you kind of see that in football too, where like if you lose one game, even if it's to a pretty good opponent, that's going to affect maybe in a normal season, like what bowl game you're going to make. And uh, even with the college football playoff, if you lose one game, you could really be out of it and out of consideration for it. Well, and especially in this season, uh, which is going to be a conflict schedule, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times when it comes time for the college football playoff. you got to think for the college football playoff, they're going to have a tough challenge. Yeah. Uh, assuming the season goes on because, yes, there's a smaller number of teams mm-hmm. to choose from, but you don't have the benefit of saying, well, you know, LSU beat Texas – yeah. So they have uh, up on because Texas, you know, strength of schedule. You don't have that as much this year because it's strictly the conference opponents. However, I want to note that I feel like in today's age, uh, we've gotten a little bit um, spoiled, you might say. Yeah. And when we have, well, you know, Alabama's playing USC and Texas is traveling over to Florida mm-hmm. you know, to play, you know, it just teams going all over the country for non conference playing. Yeah. You can see all these prime matchups. In, in the past, in the 1970s, even 1980s uh, to an extent, mm-hmm. you typically would only see an Alabama-USC matchup or a Texas-LSU in a bowl game. Yeah. They typically <laughs> would only play conference opponents or schools that were in that region to minimize the travel. Mm-hmm. We're almost seeing that come back here uh, in the year 2020. We're going to see it probably with baseball, in which mm-hmm. schools stick more to local games Mm-hmm. Instead of traveling all over the country, and and that is going to be hard though to judge how good a team really is, uh-huh. uh, because when you jump into conference play, it's just a whole nother ball game. And having not been prepared for that atmosphere, because a an atmosphere for Texas playing at home against UTEP, mm-hmm. especially with twenty four thousand fans in the stands, which we're told is going to be the max capacity, they, uh, that could be a better for a kind of a teams that are coming into DKR yeah. but aren't used to those big crowds like. Even UTEP, for example, obviously, if you're never used to playing in front of 100,000. Yeah. So you have to think how that could affect them. Same with, like, tech, uh, Texas Tech, even, and uh, some of the other home opponents. Yeah, and, and when you come into to DKR, it's quite a crazy atmosphere. And you also mm-hmm. got to think, though, uh, the 25% capacity, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, was was Texas' decision. Yeah, I believe the uh, the requirement is just under fifty percent capacity, which is what A and M is doing. I which believe, which is what A and M is doing, which is what Texas Tech may be doing. So you gotta think for Texas, well, they have a disadvantage. Yeah, playing in, in front of a smaller crowd, it could be half, you know, the size of an atmosphere they might face at Texas Tech, 
mm-hmm. we're not sure what they're going to do for the Red River Showdown. Will that be 50% capacity? Because I can tell you, being someone who has been to those games, um, been to, to, to that Red River Showdown, mm-hmm. the atmosphere there is just incredible, and it really drives the players to keep pushing on. Uh-huh. When you're not playing in front of as many fans, it could take away a little bit from that. Uh, you know, we'll just time will tell and see how it really will affect these teams. And I even wonder if they could kind of follow the NBA and MLBs that you can play via artificial crowd noise. Who knows? <laughs> well, make it feel more like an actual fo- normal football game. Yeah, well, uh, as Luke always says, time will only tell. We'll have yeah. to see as each week progresses. You know, from last week to this week, a lot's changed. For sure. Uh, a lot has been been put out last week the big 10 the pac 12 were still selling playing we weren't really sure what what they were going to do they were kind of you know we kind of conference thought, only we kinda, yeah <laughs> conference only uh, was the big news in the past few weeks now it is uh football being canceled for good for two of the conferences mm-hmm. big 12 saying no we're gonna move ahead uh so as right now texas has a season texas will be playing football this fall and that is the bottom line. And I think it's looking good, honestly. Uh, you mentioned earlier Texas has zero COVID cases on all of their student-athletes on campus right now. And so it's definitely good to see the athletes being responsible. And uh, that's uh, good news for the season, I believe. <laughs> Overall, and uh, Texas fans, thank you so much for joining us here on Episode 8 of the Horns Dugout. I'm Riley Zayas alongside Luke White. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you have a great uh, rest of your week. And uh, we'll just have to see as things move forward. But looking forward to, to watching Texas continue to practice and prepare yeah. for the upcoming 2020 season. Yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, even maybe like the viewership could increase because uh, how uh, kind of uh, devoid we are of sports right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that is the case. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here. That's all for now. Have a great rest of your week and hook on horns.